the god of jits and wine. You seem rather drunk. I drink and I know things. small council radio this is extra shots with your master of drink cyrus moore we are continuing our series of buyers guides today we did lannisters last week it is time for the second half of the original kickstarter two-player starter box and it will be the starks this week the starks are in a really weird position right now i would say that they are actually one of the more fun factions to play mostly because a lot of their lists center around combat. And not only just combat, but killing as much as possible while holding on to within an inch of your life. Combat units and a lot of Stark cards revolve around hanging on until you're on your very last rank, and that's when you are most powerful and most dangerous, which sounds really good. And, in fact, it can be really good and can be very swingy. But it can also be really bad. Something could go wrong. Your card or NCU that could power you up could get countered. You could get yourself out of position. You could get hit by an attack that you didn't see coming. And that unit that you were hoping that it would hang on with just those few wounds left is now gone. And a lot of your game plan is now out the window. And I think that that is one of the reasons why Starks are really struggling right now. A lot of offensive focus in the game, I've said in the past, uh, is is rarely rewarded for offensively focused lists and strategies. You need to run either balanced or a little bit more defensive to have good regular success. So, but even so, even though Starks are kind of uh, falling back a little bit as far as their stats rankings go. I think that they are still a relatively fun faction to play. Now, as I was looking at this buyer's guide layout and which which units I wanted to talk about and where they would go in the the categories of either beers and wines, things that you want to get first or things that you might want to hold back on, there's a lot of specialty units in this faction. A lot of units that aren't necessarily splashable that you're just going to always use. There's a lot of units that will only fit in certain styles of lists or certain commanders. So we're really heavy in the second category of units that you're going to maybe wait on until you get a little bit more experience in the game. We're a little light on stuff that you've got to go out and get immediately. But we're also light on stuff to avoid. Uh, the, the, The Starks are just just a little bit specialized. They, 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 they don't really have a whole lot of bad stuff, uh, but they don't have a whole lot of stuff that you're going to be using in every game, which, as far as list building goes and the variety that you can get in your uh, list building and gameplay, that's actually a really good sign. So before we get too far, let's start this show off right We are drinking honeyed mead. I thought it was fitting considering the northerners and the the Starks. I figured a nice uh, honeyed mead 
would uh, would do the trick. That's pretty good stuff. All right, let's get started. I guess we should instead of beers and wines, I guess it should be our meads to start off with. Fuck the water. Bring me wine. Okay, here in the first section here, we will be talking about things that you're going to want to buy first. Now, the obvious one here is the starter box, but which starter should you get? There's two. There's the original Stark versus Lannister's box that's been around for several years now, or there's the standalone Stark starter that came out within the last year. It's kind of a toss-up right now. It used to be fairly obvious to me. The uh, Stark solo starter came with a different unit than the original two-player starter, and that was Car Stark Spearman. Now, they were a little lacking in design. The, I could see what they wanted to accomplish, but it wasn't necessarily easy to accomplish, and they weren't used very often. But here in the last patch, I think the Car Stark Spears got a pretty big buff and a change from a purely defensive ability to a deterrent kind of offensive ability with Hold the Line. And I think that the Karstark Spears are pretty worthwhile to get either on their own or in the, in the solo starter box. But that being said, I do like me some cavalry units. And in the original uh, Stark versus Lannister's starter box, you got the Stark out Outriders. Now, when the, the game first came out, the Stark Outriders were really good. And in, in some of the patches, they got even better. This latest patch here, they didn't get touched in the most recent one, but the one prior, they uh, came down a little bit. They don't hit quite as hard as I remember them hitting, but they're highly maneuverable. They're hard to pin down, and they're just a kind of a tricky unit for your opponent to reliably deal with. So it really depends on uh, what you're going for as far as if you want to get the pure value of the original starter box, they're going for pretty cheap, and you're going to get eight units, and you can split it with a friend. But if you don't want to go you know, into a, a big box like that, that's a lot of plastic, I understand, and you are only interested in the Starks, the Stark solo box is, is totally fine. You're not going to be missing out. The units that you're going to be getting in that box are probably just as good as the other. It's really just about what you're going for. So once you make your decision on your starter box, I would recommend getting a unit of Tully Cavaliers. This unit is a beast. It is a great cavalry unit. It hits like a truck. And it's got a kind of a bubble morale effect that helps your other units that are close by. Now that could be kind of tricky to properly utilize in your first few games if you are a new player. Positioning can be can be kind of difficult to get used to. You see this this Lance Cavalry unit and it's capable of throwing 10 attack dice and you're going to want to run it up the field and try to bowl someone over. If you do that, you're going to leave your other units behind. 
and they're no longer going to benefit from that morale bubble. So you have to be just a little bit more strategic with it. Even so, I still think it should be one of the first boxes that you get. It is a great unit to add to the army. It fits in with you know, what Great John Umber likes to do as one of your first commanders. It fits in what Rob Stark likes to do with the other commander that comes in the starter box. Uh, it is a great, great unit and very worthwhile to get first. Either first or second, because the other box that you're going to want to get early is Stark Heroes 1. Uh, Stark Heroes 1 is pretty terrific. It comes with some new commanders and some new NCUs and some new attachments, along with a new wolf and a new unit. Along with coming with Eddard Stark Commander, it also comes with Eddard's Honor Guard, which, a, which is a beefed-up version of a unit that you get in the starter box. And let me tell you, Eddard Stark is a tremendous commander right now. He has some great cards. That unit that he brings is also great. It is just all around a really good idea to pick up Heroes 1. You're also going to get Howlin' Reed Commander, Roderick. You're going to get Howlin' Reed NCU, Roderick NCU, Eddard NCU. A few attachments. You're going to get Brandon Hodor and another Direwolf to go along with the Direwolf that you got in the starter box. All around is a very good get. Along with that, for the exact same reasons, you should follow up Heroes 1 with getting Stark Heroes 2. Now, it is not quite as good and well-rounded of a box as Heroes 1 was, but you're still going to get some pretty good value with Heroes 2. There are no new commanders in Heroes 2, but there's a good NCU along with one of the best solo units in the game, Shaggy Dog. Shaggy Dog comes along with Rickon uh, Attachment, and he brings Asha Attachment for free. And this little four-point package, let me tell you, it is really good. You can put it. You can put Rick and Anosha in just about any unit, and be able to bring Shaggy Dog, and this guy, this 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 Direwolf, can really surprise you, especially when paired with commanders like Great John Umber. Uh, the amount of combos and the amount of death that you can deal with that combo, is pretty good, and it should be towards the top of your initial buys and the Starks. And I'll be honest with you, those are the only ones that I could wholeheartedly agree that you need and will probably run in most of your lists. The others I'm saving for the hard liquor. It's not easy being drunk all the time. Everyone would do it if it were easy. Hard liquor section here is reserved for units that you're going to want to get a little later in your career. Maybe you're at, after you've developed some experience. Maybe these units have a, you know, a little bit more tricky to utilize properly or they're not quite as powerful. And there's a lot of units in this section for the Starks. It actually really surprised me. A lot of it mostly revolves around them not working in every list you'd have to build specifically around some of these units to be able to use them properly. They will only fit with certain commanders 
or certain NCU type builds that would allow you to get the most out of them. A lot of these units you're not going to be able to just throw into a list and expect them to work great. Uh, it's, 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 it's pretty wild, and I'll try to explain more of what I mean as we go. One of the units that you could put in just about every list, but they're just a little bit lacking right now, but should be one of the first units that you should get out of, the, out of this section is the Stark Bowman. Now, the Stark Bowman are a little bit on the underpowered side as far as what they, how they compare to the other long-range units in the game. But I still recommend picking them up because you're going to want to get a feel for how long-range units work in the game if, if you're still inexperienced and you're still new to the game. Because figuring out how to utilize long-range and also how to minimize your opponent's effect of long-range to you is, is really important, and it can make and break games. Uh, so even though the Bowman, th th they can still be really effective uh, in, in a lot of games, and especially if you're able to get their ability to go off uh, when a, a enemy unit fails their panic test from the shot, they can't be targeted by orders, and I think they become weakened as well. I don't know, I'd have to look. But it is bad news when that happens to them, and, but the problem with that is it, it's not all the time. It, it's only when they fail. You have no modifiers on the shot. I don't think there's any way for a Stark unit to get a modifier on a ranged shot. So it, it's just it's just a little bit too unreliable for it to be something that I could really you know recommend you relying on. But I still think it's a worthwhile unit to get early on in your collecting career. Uh, next up, let's talk about the Kranigman Trackers. Now, the, the Kranigman Trackers have had you know, a bit of an up-and-down history in the game. Uh, there for a while, they were a, a really, really, really good unit, uh, but they've always been just a little tricky. They, they, they're, not, they're not always clear on how to use. I mean, their defense is, is a 6, which is the worst that you can get in the game. Uh, their morale is a seven, which I think is the second worst number that you can get in the game. And their their melee profile isn't anything to write home about. Their range profile is decent, but not great. They're a five point unit, which you you can't expect too much out of them. But their 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 real keys is they're fast, and they have hidden traps, and they're hard to pin down because they have swift retreat. It requires just a little bit of extra finesse to use these guys properly, and the best utilization of these guys is in a uh, Howland Reed commander list where you can benefit from their Kranigman affiliation. Um, and if you become if you become really good at positioning and tactics, you could get a lot of use out of these guys. But early on in your playing career, it's going to be a bit of a struggle. But I'd recommend picking one up just to toy around with and maybe play in, in Howland Reed lists. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't rush into getting these guys. Next up, let's talk about Tully's Sworn Shields. Tully's Sworn Shields are a really good, really efficient unit for their points. But they don't really fit with what the Starks want to do. They like to get into combat and they like to kill things. This unit is a defensive unit, not necessarily meant to 
do a lot of damage. You're capable of doing damage, especially with the amount of cards that you can augment the Tully Sworn Shield's attacks with, but that's not their primary focus, and they're probably not going to take down a unit all by themselves. But they will tie up a unit all by themselves. They are fully capable of sitting and tying up a unit for multiple rounds, even units that are above their weight class as far as points and, and attack power go. This is a really sturdy unit. And if you are building a defensive style hold the objective type list, this is a great unit for that. Unfortunately, that's not really a playstyle that's supported by a lot of the Stark commanders. Uh, you could probably pull it off in an Eddard style list or a uh, Brendan Tully uh, put fish style list, but not very often. Now, you could put a high profile attachment like Rickon in there since he does grant a victory point if he's destroyed. You put him in a defensive unit and you're able to benefit from that uh, without having to worry about necessarily babysitting him the entire game. It's a valid strategy. There's also a strategy of marching these guys up the field and have bowmen fire into combat with them and uh, dealing extra wounds from their stubborn tenacity. It's a valid strategy, um, but not a common one because, as I said, the, the more common strategies are rush forward, kill opponent. But still, I think Sworn Shields are a good unit, but they're, they're, there's a reason why they're here in the, in the hard liquors. They're, they're, not, uh, they're not a primary focus of what you should be getting early. Next up, let's talk about House Mormont She-Bears. She-Bears used to be one of the first units that you should pick up uh, in your collecting career. This was totally in the Beers and Wine section in the previous version of this Buyer's Guide. But they took a bit of a nerf here in the last patch. Warcry got changed to where you no longer get two tokens. You only get one, your choice of a vulnerable or a panic token. Now, why should that matter? It Well, it matters because it halves the token efficiency that you, you had before. But it, it's still, you'd think that it's still good because it's tokens. And tokens are a big part of the game. But here's the problem. The base morale of the She-Bears is 6. And that would mean that they're going to be failing this test every now and then. It won't be often, but it's still going to happen. And if you are only throwing out one token three times a game, it's not really worthwhile to bring an entire combat unit for that because their defensive uh, ability is average their offensive ability is average until they start taking damage you, the, the the biggest draw to the she bears was their ability to just launch tokens out on the field and they don't really do that anymore 
Uh, they can throw out a token that you may be lacking that you haven't thrown out before, but you're able to get tokens from other places in the Starks. So it may not be as worthwhile to bring She-Bears as it used to be. That said, they're not a box to avoid. They're still a decent box, but they're not as good as they maybe used to be. Next up, let's talk about the House Mormont Bruisers. Now this is the exact opposite situation. This box was in the Rotgut section of boxes to avoid, and now they are here in the beer, uh, the, in the hard liquor section. I'll be honest, I think that the jury is still out on this unit if they're any good, if they are really worthwhile in bringing in uh, a whole lot of lists. I don't think so, because they, they, they're going to struggle in sustained combat. Uh, they have a really good attack profile, and they have ability to stack on some pretty good keywords, but they're defense it's a little weak and it, at six points you, you if you're going to have something in combat you're going to want it to to hang around for a while and i don't think these guys are going to be hanging around for that long so i think that they have the chance to be decent at six points they used to be seven points which was uh it's almost completely impossible to justify bringing them at seven points. But here at six points, I think it could be worthwhile in bringing them. But like I said, the jury's still out. We, we're not entirely sure. And I would say kind of buyer beware on the bruisers. I wouldn't rush out to get them early on, but I wouldn't necessarily avoid them right now either. Uh, next up, Karstark Loyalists. Now, this one I was on the fence with. The Karstark Loyalists seem like they're a pretty decent uh, standard infantry unit at five points. They have precision, which is a is is kind of a seen as a weaker side ability in the game. It's capable of punching through armor with uh, with their no defense save on sixes. But you need those sixes, and if you're not rolling sixes, this, this ability is not doing a whole lot for you. It's very similar to Critical Blow that way. Uh, you know, Perseverance and Valor is pretty fun if you're able to get extra attacks. These guys are able to heal up and stay in combat for longer than maybe they would normally should have. Uh, but I'm not sure they're that much better than the Stark Sworn Swords. Uh, the Stark Sworn Swords are able to peek out on their abilities when they're getting lower ranks. Uh, they're able to stack their critical blow with uh, you know, plus ones to hits and and and, and rerolls and, and all that type of stuff. Uh, and then you stack on other units in the game, uh, being able to have them roll their highest attack die value. You know, through tactics cards or NCUs, and the Stark Sworn Swords can be really, really dangerous at one rank. And you get those in the starter box. The Karstark Loyalists don't have that. If they're getting on their last rank, they're starting to get into real trouble 
and they're not able to spike damage to you know make it worthwhile for them being on the last rank. So I, I didn't put the Karstark Loyalists in the Beerus and Wines as uh, initial stuff that you should go out and get early because I could really justify them in comparison to the Stark Sworn Swords, but I also don't think that they're a bad unit. I think that they're just a little different, and this is one of the units that I think uh, fits best in a Karstark list with the Karstark Commander, just to get that affiliation going. But uh, other than that, I think that the the, the Loyalists are, are fully decent, and if you happen across this box, I don't think you'll be too disappointed. Next up, I would say that whatever unit that you didn't get out of your starter box, whether you got the solo starter box with the Karstark Spears, or if you got the Stark versus Lannister box with the Outriders, this is the point that you should get the other unit that you didn't get in that box. Uh, the Karstark Spearmen are, are pretty good. Uh... They're just a little. They're a little bit harder to fit in some lists, uh, and the outriders I think you could put in just about any list, but they're not quite as good. If you're if you're running cavalry, you're gonna want want to run Tully Cavaliers, and not necessarily the outriders. But if you, if you're needing to save points and you want to have mobility, the outriders are are perfectly fine to run. Uh, next up, let's talk about Stark Heroes Three. Now I was really tempted to put Stark Heroes 3 in the avoidance section. They are... This, this box is a little bit tricky. Now, you do get the Brendan Tully Commander, which was a Kickstarter exclusive that a lot of us you know, weren't able to run if we didn't have access to, to the, the Kickstarter boxes. Uh, but being able to pick up Stark Heroes 3, you're able to get it off the bat along with the Karstark Commander, Mormont Commander, uh, new Eddard Stark NCU, Liana Mormont, Rob Stark NCU. Uh, some of these things are a little bit lacking in power level. Uh, not a whole lot of people are running you know, Mage Mormont Commander. Not many people are running Eddard Stark NCU. Uh, nobody's running the Mage Mormont two-point attachment. It's... Uh, it's, it's not exactly the, the heights that the other Heroes box were achieving, but it's not quite in the category of avoid this box. You could still get some pretty decent use out of it, but this should probably be towards the end of boxes that you're going to want to go out and get and experiment with after you've gotten some experience. I would recommend this being, you know, maybe second or, you know, third to last box that you should pick up before we get to the the boxes that you should probably avoid, which we're not quite there yet. We have one more box here in the hard liquor section, and that is the uh, Kranigman Bog Devils. Now, I really want to like this unit. I, I, I really do, because they look like a lot of fun. Uh, but them being seven points, it, it makes them really tricky to be able to put in, in any list. They're pretty expensive, and they're pretty fragile. But they have a really decent attack profile. They can move, and they have some really good abilities. 
Scout openings, great ability. Swift retreat, really good ability. And then their poisoned tridents, where you can attach the poison card uh, to the enemy, and and that that sticks with them. And I don't have the poison card here in front of me, but I know that uh, po being poisoned is never good. The Martels do it. This unit can do it. It's it's not it's not something that you're gonna want to play around with early. It seems like a really tricky unit, a unit that could get stuck and get in uh, very difficult positions, but it's not a box that I would say to avoid. I would say that you should get this box after you're really comfortable with how these Starks play and how they position. Maybe after you've gotten you know, a half dozen, maybe 10 games under your belt, uh, at that point in time, you can maybe start looking in this box's direction, but uh, not not before then, because this, this seems like a, a unit that you would spend a fair amount of points for in your list building, then get it out on the field, and then they just get completely run over and you don't get a whole lot of value out of it. Uh, so yeah, it's there's a lot here in the hard liquor section. Uh, it, it wasn't so much indecision. It's just kind of how the faction is right now. There's just a lot of specialty units, uh, units that are just a little bit below the curve, and it's hard to... It, it's hard for me to come out and recommend you go out and spend your money on these units. Not that, uh, not that the Stark faction as a whole is bad, it's just they, they are struggling. They're, they're having a hard time keeping up with the other factions. And the play style can really get new players. Uh, the, the whole balancing act of staying just barely not dead enough to get the most out of your cards, it's just, it's just a tough play style. But... With that being said, let's move on to the next section. The boxes that you're going to want to avoid in the rot gut. Drink. Drink. Alright, like I said, the there was not very many boxes to avoid here in the rot gut section. There's only two. First up, let's talk about the House Umber Great Axes. Now, these Great Axes have had a very up-and-down history in the game. Uh, they used to be one of the most single ridiculous things in the game with their old Mighty Cleave ability that everyone loved. That was taken away, and they were still you know, pretty decent. Um, and then they've gone kind of up and then down and up and down. I think that right now... They're in a down point in the game. And that's just because they're, they're fairly expensive at seven points. And their specialty is to break down armor. But again, you're not breaking down the most armor until you are hovering on your last rank and almost dead. And before that, they're just they're fairly average for seven points. I, I couldn't recommend going out and getting the Umber Great Axes as they stand right now. I would only get these guys 
if you know you are really interested in running a just a full umber themed list and you just really want these guys or you're in collector's mode and you're just trying to get one of everything other than that i would steer clear of these guys and the last one here in the rock gut section is the stark attachments one now I originally looked at the attachment boxes as a good idea for new players. I have kind of changed my stance on that a little bit. It's a full box. You are paying full box price for the attachments one. But you're only getting a handful of models. You're not getting enough uh, for a you're not getting as many models as you would get in a unit box. And you're also not getting the versatility that you would get out of a hero's box. You're just getting a bunch of attachments. And that might help out a little bit in list building, but not when several of the attachments are already in unit boxes that you've already acquired. Only a couple of the attachments are unique to this box. And they're not even that worthwhile to get. Uh, first up, we got the Umber Champion and the Stark's uh, uh, Sworn Sword Captain. Uh, both of those are in the starter. Uh, the Kragman Warden is in the Kragman Trackers. A uh, Mormont Veteran, I think, is in the She Bears box. Uh, you're you're going to probably have one of each of those boxes already. I don't think that you're going to need a whole bunch of them. And then the, the two that are unique to this box is the Craniman Survivalist, which is fine. It's an okay attachment. Um, and then the Winterfell Guardian, which again is fine. It's an okay attachment. But you're not going to want to spend full price for a unit box for just two attachments. It's just not very practical, not very you know, worthwhile. And... I would say you definitely want to avoid this box and only pick it up when you're in collector's mode and you're trying to get one of everything. And that covers it for the rock gut section. So that was pretty painless. Uh, like I said, there's nothing that is in Stark that is really ultra terrible. We have seen just units in the past that you just you just can't you can't justify in any way, shape, or form. Some, you know, fairly recently up until the most recent patch. Uh, but I, th I think that as far as internal balance goes, the the Starks are, you know, okay. You know, there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot that you would just never run. And there's just some that are only run in, in certain style of, of lists. But with that covered, let's move on to units that you're going to want to buy more than one of in our Make It a Double. You're so drunk, you're probably seeing double. I have two guns, one for each of you. Now, I know that's not a Game of Thrones quote, but you know what else? I don't care! Okay, here in Make It a Double, we typically talk about unit boxes that you're going to get more than one of. Well, there's a problem. We've already talked about how weird the units are here in Stark. Now, you could potentially go out and get two units of Tully Cav 
it is possible, it is, it's feasible, but it's not necessarily advisable. Uh, and then all the rest of the, the standard combat units are in the units that, that I kind of warned you about are kind of tricky. That can only fit in a lot of thematic lists. So, if you're going thematic, let's say you're going with a Umber style list and you're wanting a lot of Umber units, well, get, a, get an extra bot of, of Umber Berserkers. If you are catering towards Howland Reed, uh, get yourself an extra unit of Kranigman Trackers or the Bog Devils. If you are catering towards Karstark, you can get either of the, the Karstark units. The, I, this buyer's guide has put me in such a weird position. I haven't really had this kind of block where I can't think of any particular unit where I can point to and say, you absolutely need multiples of this unit. I could do it easily for Lannisters. I could do it easily for Night's Watch. I could do it for Baratheons. But I can't really do it here for Starks because the, the, the state of, of their, their combat units is just so tricky. So I guess the, the general idea of what I'm going for here in this section is uh, find what works best for you, what, what you're feeling the most as far as the affiliations or the theme or your play style, and then double up on that. There isn't really any particular units that are really good in the faction right now that I can point to and say, you absolutely need two of this one. Let's say you're leaning towards the defensive style. You could get yourself two Tully Sworn Shields. Uh, it is it is pretty wild. And uh, I, I've, I've done these buyer's guides a few times now, and I've never really been in this position. So I'm going to get myself out of this bind, and we're going to move forward into the chaser section. I always drink before a fight. Okay, here in the chasers, this is where we talk about neutral units that you're going to want to pick up to fill out your faction. These are units that fit you know, with what the faction is trying to do. They can you know, synergize and they don't necessarily feel out of place. And there's a, there's a decent amount of options here in neutrals that you could justify bringing here in, in the Starks. Uh, first off, let's talk about the Bolton Cutthroats. So these guys are capable of getting you know, better early damage at five points than these Stark Sworn Swords are. And they give you access to a ability that you're kind of short on uh, with Vicious. There's only a couple ways for the Starks to get Vicious right now. And these guys have it just offhand. They're a little bit weaker defensively than the Stark Sworn Swords are at five points. But I think that they're a pretty decent take, especially if you're wanting to lean into the, the early damage dealing that these guys can do. Uh, next up, uh, let's talk about Hedge Knights real quick. So Hedge Knights kind of function as a middle ground. If you absolutely cannot find the extra point to bring Tully Cavaliers and you still want a decent, uh, hard-hitting cavalry unit, uh, Hedge Knights aren't bad. 
they're just a little bit more expensive than the Outriders would be. But I think that they can be a fairly decent compromise, especially if you're stuck on points and you can only bring a 7-point cavalry unit. They're a pretty decent bring. Uh, let's talk about Neutral Heroes 2. The only reason why I'd bring that up is there is a unit that is specific to the Starks in this box, and that's Jack and Hagar's Mysterious Prisoner. He does not get run very often, but when he does, he can be a lot of fun if you find a way to pounce on an enemy unit that you attach him to. You can get a pretty decent turnaround on that investment, but I don't think it's worth getting an entire box for. There's some decent options in Neutral Heroes too, but not necessarily ones that uh, you're just going to want to go out and get. Uh, I'll bring up Stormcrow Mercenaries just as a uh, attachment bunker to bring an attachment and get the discount for. You could potentially run Rickon here and get him and Asha both for free and be able to bring Shaggy Dog for three points. That is a pretty good savings on what you're getting with those attachments and with Shaggy Dog. It, it is a decent enough strategy. Uh, it's not run a whole lot because that does put Rickon in a very uh, squishy unit. But if you're able to position and keep him out of danger... Uh, it sets you up to be able to invest a lot of points in your army elsewhere. And I think that covers it on neutral units that I wanted to bring up here. And that will close it for the Stark Buyer's Guide. Now, I know that this Buyer's Guide has been all over the place. I totally get it. And uh, if that means that you're still confused on what units that you should buy... Uh, I don't blame you. The Starks are in a weird spot. Uh, I'll say that right now. They're they're lagging behind in the stats. Uh, their play style is a little bit tricky to deal with. But I think the whole general consensus that I wanted to uh, deliver here is that there aren't really a whole lot of bad buys in the Starks. If you go out and get yourself a Stark box, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be able to have some fun with it. You are not going to go out and win all of your games with the Starks. That's, just, that's, that's virtually impossible. But primary function of playing a game is to have fun. And uh, when you do win with the Starks, there's a really good chance that something really spectacular happened. Like maybe a unit was on its last rank and you pulled off this wombo combo and dealt a bunch of damage and pulled yourself back from the brink uh, and to, to go on and win the game. Uh, that is the type of stuff that you're going to see in Starks. That's the type of stuff that creates memories and allows you to have fun. And that's really what I want to convey with all of this endless rambling here about Starks and their play style. But yeah, that'll do it. Uh, let me know what you thought about this buyer's guide. If I was a little bit too uh, vague in my delivery, I, I want to hear about it, so I try to avoid it again. I am on the discords. I'm on Facebook. You guys should know where to find me. And with that being said, I think I need another drink. The bear, the bear, the bear, the bear.
You're still here. You seem rather drunk. 